All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 36 of the Kill Your Internet podcast. Proudly presented by High Brew Coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. We have our first sponsor. Uh, thank you to the people at High Brew for uh, believing in us, jumping on board with the podcast. We're very happy. We've worked with High Brew in the past, uh, last year. Um, when we were heading to South by Southwest, we did some work with them, and uh, they're just great people. They uh, they really do care about the arts. They care about music. Um, they're from Austin, but they're right at home here in Philadelphia. And uh, we talked, and they're trying to to move their stuff into Wawa, and we thought we would be the perfect people to try and bring it there, as they should, because it is the best coffee I've ever had out of a can. Oh I was yeah, never an out of the can coffee guy until no, I like had I don't that. do Starbucks out of the can. I, no. I, I don't do that, but High Brew. Uh, specifically the triple shots. They have them in vanilla and espresso. First off, it's got real milk and sugar in it. And when I tell you, because uh, Ken knows me very well as a guy who loves pre-workout to go to the gym, <laughs> uh, I've been drinking these trip or these triple shots before I go to the gym. And I swear to God, everybody who goes to the gym knows this feeling of like your ears tingling when you take pre-workout. Yeah. And it was the first time because I stopped pre- taking pre-workout. Yo, triple shots are the real deal. Uh, we're very proud to be partnered with Hybrid Coffee for the Kill Your Internet podcast. Uh, they're available at Wawa. If you go to Wawa and you get one, please tag us in an Instagram story that said Foxtrot sent you because you know we did. Uh, I'm, be- I'm very, very excited to be working with Hybrid. Uh, Kenny, how are you today, buddy? Doing good. Can't believe this is 36 episodes. 36 episodes, baby. Little... That's what I'm talking about. You know what's funny, man? Our interview today with Alexander Charles, it's a great interview, by the way, but I was talking kind of about you know, what we accomplished during quarantine per se. And we started this before quarantine, but I think once quarantine hit and the music industry kind of went haywire and we were like, what can we do to really keep the momentum and, and keep things moving? And I think it's actually turning into like more than I ever could have expected. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy to be doing this. Yeah. Been fun. Here's a 36 more. Yeah, if we stop, I hope we don't stop at 72. <laughs> oh, that was math. Um, yeah. So obviously the hybrid news was big. Uh, we are in the process of finishing part two of the record. Uh, we just did some pre-production in the studio right now before everybody left. Um, everything's going great. Uh, everything in Fox Rock World is good. We have another single dropping in October, which we've been teasing online, but I'm not really going to go into too much detail on that yet. Very excited about that. Something spooky for the Halloween season. Oh, spooky. Spooky. Uh, other than that, let's uh, let's break this happiness. The Sixers have been eliminated from the playoffs. Brett Brown has been fired. Elton Brand seems like he's being stripped of his uh, authority there in the front office. Life is a steaming hellscape. I don't know what to do with myself. Let's get ready for football season. Ken? Yeah, that that game after it ended, I sat on the beach and just pondered. It was I it feels like it was the death in the family. It feels like like the process is over. And I, I I know it was Brett's time to go. And Brett even knew that it was his time if he didn't if he didn't deliver, it was over. You know yeah, what I mean? And it, I, I wish him all the best. Me too. He's a great guy. Seemed like, you know, it just he wasn't given the right parts. And, no, you know, but seven years is seven years, and it's time to get a new voice in. I don't know what we're going to do with the cap space. I seriously hope Al Horford forgets where Philadelphia is and doesn't come back. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm looking towards the Eagles now. Although, I will say, Flyers, Flyers uh, they got blown out tonight. But, tonight, but you know. Listen, we are all Philly sports all the time. It's, uh, we are, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and I said, uh, if you were to meet us out at a bar... And you just had a 10-minute conversation. I guarantee you it's about sports, and you would not think that we were musicians. Not at all. <laughs> not. Uh, but that's the duality of man. We get into that with the interview today with Alexander Charles as well. Uh, other than that, uh, dude, 
Life, I'm going to say, it, other than the Sixers, life is good, Ken. I'm, I'm happy with what we're doing, and it, it's weird. I don't know like when, when quarantine started and everything changed where I was going to be at, at this point mentally, where we were going to be at as a band, and I feel like you could have gone one or two ways. You could have, you could have, you know, shut down and not done anything, or you could have changed your life. And I feel like we've changed our lives in a weird way. I, I, I really feel like we've changed the way we've recorded. We changed, you know, the amount of content that we were dropping with the podcast. I, we're unstoppable. We can't be stopped. It's impossible. Yeah, I think we were definitely thrown a major wrench or the yeah, kitchen sink at the us world. Well, yeah, it's, it's, somebody threw a house at us. Dude. Yeah, and. You know, from that, you just got to get better, and I think um, we did get clarity from the chaos, and I think we've really managed. To that do was that. very eloquent. I like that. Get ca- get clarity from the chaos. I think That's I stole good. it from a three eleven song. <laughs> <laughs> you go. Uh, so we do have an interview with Alexander Charles today. Uh, Thursday we have White Sox Dave from Barstool Sports and the Happy Fits. We have a double interview episode, which I'm really excited about. It's our first one of those. Uh, so we'll be talking sports. We'll be talking the Happy Fits about their music, all their touring. Really cool band from New Jersey. Uh, and then next week we have some amazing interviews as well. This train will not stop. We are unstoppable. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, Kenny, let's jump into the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet. <laughs> I was laughing about this one before, and Ken didn't know what I was laughing about. But uh, I, I don't know how to describe this human being, but Lenny Dykstra appeared this weekend. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Lenny Dykstra had an all-time tweet. Lenny Dykstra tweeted, It has officially been 27 months since I've been incarcerated. <laughs> and I, the first tweet I saw after that was, <laughs> so it's called being a human being. <laughs> Dude, fucking for those of you who don't know who Lenny Dykstra is, he was a he was a player for the Phillies and the Mets. They called him Nails. Um resident incarcerated human being for insider trading and a bunch of other shit. Uh how do you describe Lenny Dykstra again? He was a great baseball player. Yeah, <laughs> Nails was the man. Loved everything that happened after it. baseball. Yeah, Nails <laughs> fell off, dude. Uh but yeah, I just thought that was an all time tweet just to see the words, like a congratulatory thing of like, hey man. Can you and believe it's it like 20, 27 months since I've been in jail? It wasn't even like a two-year or one-year. Yeah, he's, <laughs> <laughs> like he's like actually, like he's still in jail in his room and he's just like etching say, the wall with like, count. yeah, he's been keeping count. So he's just on his way back eventually. But uh, shout out to Lenny Dykstra for being Lenny Dykstra. Uh, the second wildest shit that I see on the internet, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there's like these two, we're getting into TikTok, ladies and gentlemen, scary enough. There's like these two TikTok groups that like have different houses in LA or something and uh, one of them threw this like huge party, which just looked like the worst thing on earth. It was a bunch of influencers, like packed wall to wall in this fucking house. And they destroyed the house, and it was like a thousand people in a house with no masks on. So like, it went all over Twitter, and people were shitting on these people. Uh, but the, the city of Los Angeles, the mayor Garcetti or whoever it is now, uh, shut off the power to their house. <laughs> so. Oh, that is such a power move. No pun intended. Right? What the fuck? But- <laughs> That's a power move. Could you imagine just being like, you know what? Fuck those kids! Shut that power off. Like, I we're gonna look back on this period of time. First off, it is really funny. Like you, I think I realized my age when the fact that these people are celebrities, and I absolutely have no idea who the fuck they are. I actually don't. Have, I don't have TikTok, so I have no goddamn idea. But like, what are these kids gonna do if TikTok gets banned in the United States? They gotta pivot to something else. Yeah, they're gonna wind up being is. influencers who charge like five hundred dollars for like teeth whitening strips on Instagram. Like oh, they're gonna sell weight loss tea on Instagram. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I just saw that and I was like, where the fuck are we as a society where this is going on? It's just a phase. It will it is a phase. It's it's it just always, a phase. You know. It's not forever. John Mayer lyric. You like that? John Marehouse. <laughs> uh so <laughs> the third thing was something me and Ken were talking about before we got on the podcast today. 
the my pillow guy seems to be getting some <laughs> a bunch of shit. Uh, the well, my let me clarify. Clarify, please. Colin asked me if I saw the rundown for the speakers at the Republican National Convention. I said no, I hadn't. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw the my pillow guy was there. And I was like, you know what, good for him. My pillow guy, he's just trying to sell pillows. You know, everyone must leave him alone. <laughs> no, <laughs> apparently the my pillow guy is apparently uh, pivoting his business to like. Sponsors some short, sort of like therapeutic treatment for coronavirus. And I was at the gym the other day on the treadmill watching CNN. And uh, Anderson Cooper, I was reading the captions, was just tearing the MyPillow, party guy, MyPillow guy apart. First off, we can all agree. The my pillow guy definitely fucks his pillows. Like, you ever see those commercials? Was he, was he hugging the pillow in the interview? Yo, he yes. hugs that like he loves that pillow. Like individually, every my pillow that you buy has some extra love in it because the my pillow guy definitely goes in. And he's on like, all- when you're done. Screwing them like I do. I'll give you a second one for free. (laughs) (laughs) One to sleep with, one for other stuff. One that I've already had sex with, one for you. Uh, Yeah, but the MyPillow guy's been, like, stumping for Trump recently. Like, he's been on, like, uh, campaign stop. Could you imagine being so universally, like, melodic that you have to, like, go for the MyPillow guy to be (laughs) be your spokesperson? (laughs) I've actually heard the pillows are actually pretty good. I don't... I haven't slept on one personally. I haven't slept with one like he does... But yeah, no, they're very comfortable. They just smell like jizz <laughs> because the my pillow guy has had his way with all of them. If you buy his um, drug for Corona, do you get a free my pillow? <laughs> you have to. <laughs> what? So they can put it in your coffee? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. I just seen that and I was like, yo. This motherfucker's doing too much. I don't know what else to say about that. Ken. Oh, let's update here. Ken, you're back on Twitter now. Have you seen anything recently? No, it's mostly been really depressing Twitter or Sixers. You guys have to go and follow Ken's Twitter. Ken is Ken. I will say you are goat level Twitter user. Oh, thank you. I don't tweet a whole lot. I'm not one of those rapid streamers. Yeah, you're, guys. you're more you're you're more quality over quantity. There's, there's an art to making a good tweet. Yeah, you're. You know. I made my first meme today. That was uh, good. <laughs> thank you. It was uh because Tyron Lue is is uh, rumored to be ta- like the lead candidate for the Sixers job. And so I made the meme of the step over Allen Iverson stepping over Tyron Lue, except I photoshopped Tyron Lue's head on Allen Iverson and Brett Brown on Tyron Lue's head. So it's the greatest comeback story ever told. You got ahead of that meme by a couple of years if they ever won a championship with Tyron Lue. Oh, hell Lue. yeah. And, and they beat Brett Brown's so team, whoever Brett Brown is make coaching. Make sure you save the receipts. God damn. Oh, receipts, dude. Receipts are very important. Um, so let's move on from the wildest shit we've seen on the internet into what the fuck we've been listening to. Uh, me and Ken are both going to start with the same band, the same album, just different songs. Let's talk about the Killers album. Um, my album of the year so far, besides Zeros, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Imploding the Mirage is an absolute masterpiece. It is like peak Killers. It's uh, the best thing they've done since Sam's Town, and it has restored my faith in rock and roll. I- I'm I'm I am just ecstatic, dude. It was just one of those bands that has a very distinct sound doing their sound the best they possibly could. Yeah, and I saw a great tweet that said, the war on drugs radicalized the killers, and I'm here for it, and I agree. It definitely... Shouts out to Adam Granduciel and everybody in the war on drugs, Philly natives. uh, You guys are rock gods, and the killers definitely took some direction on the synth sounds and the drum tones they used. Just an amazing album, dude, and I'm, I'm really happy that they put out another record uh i'm gonna go with the song blowback uh 
it's just like very driving Springsteen type guitars, uh, very rapid paced drum beats. The, the 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 hooks on all the songs are just amazing. I'm not yeah. Brandon Flowers, his voice still sounds as good as ever. Uh, it's dude, Hot Fuss came out in 2004. How crazy is that? Yeah, that is. I was in sixth grade when the Killers put their first record out. And it's not like they haven't put out good music since. But no, like, but I mean, nothing just nothing this complete and just no. I mean, this is the 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 album of the year for me so far. I'm not even kidding when I say that. What was your song that you picked? I did "Dying Breed." "Dying Breed" is so good. Another good one. I love when that drum fill hits and it just oh goes yeah, from it takes there. off, man. I, I just I think the production's outstanding. I thought they took their time and wrote amazing songs, and and to me, like this is like a watershed moment in rock and roll going back to where it should be and just making great music. And it didn't try and sound like anything modern. They just made a great killer's record. No, they just did what they do and just did it very, they did what very they good. Do. Uh, I'm going to go with my second song. Uh, I was driving yesterday and I actually used Shazam for once uh, for a song that wasn't ours on the radio. Uh, <laughs> and it was a song by the Felice Brothers. It's called The Kid. It is like theatrical, like, it, it reminds me of Houndmouth a little bit. So like this kind of like Americana rock but it's it's just huge harmonies and these beautiful guitar parts and it's a story. It's 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 just a really great song, and I, I absolutely like fell in love with this band. That record is just amazing. They put it out last year. Uh, check out the Felice Brothers, the Kid. Uh, great pick for number two. So Ken, go for your uh, second pick. My second is actually going to be I I know you've been praising this album. I finally got around to listening listening to it this weekend. The Harry Styles album, dude. We're going to say it here, because we were just talking about all this rock and roll. I'm a Harry Styles fan. and I'm That not a, album is good. It's amazing. Dude, I, I, first off, he recorded a lot of it at Peter Gabriel's studio, and everything in me did not want to like this album, because it's it's like, all right, One Direction, whatever. Dude, top notch. We're talking about stuff that'll be remembered in years from now. That's what me and my girlfriend had the discussion. I'm like, the songs on this are songs 20 years from now. Yeah. Still stand. The one I have is Falling. Was oh, so good. Uh, there's a song on the record called Cherry that is yeah, it. oh my god good. it's so good and it sounds like Peter Gabriel and he did an interview and somebody yeah, was like it, it sounds like Peter Gabriel and he and was like, like yeah. I, I love like shameless pop music me too man right, but that is just very good mature songwriting just a great album yeah he definitely around. worked with the right people and he's he's very talented I, 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 I can't deny it dude I like Harry Styles <laughs> uh, my third pick and this is more of a serious pick uh, we lost um Justin Towns Earl yesterday, who, if you're not familiar with Justin Towns Earl, he is the son of Steve Earl, uh, who made Copperhead Road, very famous outlaw country artist, and he was only 38. I'm a huge fan of Justin Towns Earl, and he brought, actually, he, when he put out his Harlem River Blues album in 2010, the touring guitar player was Jason Isbell. Mm-hmm. And he paved the way for all these Americana guys, like your Sturgill Simpsons and your your Jason Isbells, who came about later, and and your your Chris Stapletons, and just making this outlaw very very. It's it's a killer for the community, man. He he was a big Nashville guy, so he's very beloved down there. I picked the song Harlem River Blues. It's just, I don't know. I got really emotional last night listening to it because I really love that record. And uh, he passed away at thirty eight. Rest in peace, Justin Towns Earl. Fucking. Unbelievable musician, unbelievable songwriter, and you will be missed. Uh, Ken, I don't mean to like drag you down for your third pick. What's your third pick? Uh, okay, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> my third one. I was I was on the beach this weekend, so um, I'm gonna go. This is Ken's reggae. There we go. Corner. Ken's reggae corner is um, gonna go with some Odyssey Yahoo. Ooh. Throwback. Live like a warrior. Okay, great song. Just 
It's great reggae tune. That's a great re- I, yeah. Modest yeah. Modest Yahoo's good beach. Has he, he done anything recently? He he keeps going. He's still making music. Good for him. As a guy that probably came in, that people probably wrote off as a novelty. Yeah. As this guy with the Hasidic Jewish, Hasidic Jewish look locks and everything like that. Yeah. He's made a whole career for himself and, you know, couldn't be happier for the guy. If you want to talk about individualism and you want to talk about somebody who truly stayed themselves, Modest Yahoo is probably the pick. 100%. Speaking of people who truly continue to make music that reflects themselves, uh, we're going to move over to our interview with Alexander Charles. I'm telling you right now, um, I found Alexander Charles uh, through Ground Up, which was a, a big rap group that we actually talked about it too, uh, the same time as as the Mac Millers and the Moosh and Twist. I actually brought I brought up like he... Me and Alex were talking before the the podcast, and he was saying kind of like they felt like they got, they got lumped into the frat rap thing. Yeah, I was gonna say that was like our college rap. Yeah, we were and in the funny Westchester. thing was I brought because he's he's friends and collaborators with uh, Asher Roth, and I was like I was like the amazing music that has come out since then, and Alexander Charles is absolutely one of those people as well who's continued to grow and just keeps putting out great music. Uh, so we're gonna head over to that interview with Alexander Charles. Before I do that. I just wanted to bring up High Brew Coffee one more time. Uh, you can buy High Brew and Wawa, but you can also buy it online. And if you buy a 12-pack of the Triple Shot Espresso or Vanilla offline and you use the promo code FOXTROT, that's right, we got our own promo code, you get 10% off your order. So head over there, buy it at Wawa, buy it online. We're heading over to our interview with Alexander Charles. Fuck you guys. We love you. Peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today's guest for the Kill Your Internet podcast is none other. I don't know how to describe you, dude, because there's a lot of hyphenates that I can go with. Uh, rapper, I'm going singer because of the new record, too. You're singing a lot on the new record. Yeah, uh, fucking great visual artist as well. Alexander Charles, welcome to the Kill Your Internet podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, we, we hustled to get this one done, bro. I'm, I'm proud of us. It's overdue, man. It's it is overdue. overdue. I'm a fan of your work. I mean, we talked. We talked about this too. Like I said this last week with Max Swan, and I feel like the really cool thing about this whole situation with the podcast is that it's given me this opportunity to talk to people who, like, I would know of, but like, we're like fr- a fringe observer, and now like we have something to talk about. So it's like, all right, we got time. Absolutely. Let's do it. People, people like to talk about themselves. <laughs> that was my thing last week. I said, yo, people love to hear oh, themselves yeah. talk, yo. So, but for me, like, I really have been following you for a while now. Not in a creepy way, but like, likewise, I, likewise. I think Chill Moody put me on. Ah, uh, Chill's a good dude, man. Years ago, man, and I've been. Uh, I admire what you guys do, man. For it's real. to me like when I like look at our community, right? So the Philly music community, because we have people on who aren't from Philly, but like mm-hmm. most of my best conversations come from people from here, is because I kind of have a background on you too. So like I have questions I actually want to ask. I get it. Um, I get it. Well, we start everything every every interview with house quarantine. Quarantine has been a, a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, a little um, bit <laughs> for I'm, everybody. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I noticed that I have this kind of unhealthy relationship with uh, with my creative output. Yeah. Um, and I felt like uh, the lack thereof. Yeah. Uh, Particular, like everything changed, man. My 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 brother Beige, he he runs the studio, and he he started spending a lot more time back at home because. Um, he was worried about the virus and stuff like that. That's a weird and, thing, too, um, because I, I, like, in our band, right, we have six people who are regular mm-hmm. members. And, like, some of us took it really seriously. Some of us didn't. And I was kind of not, I didn't take it not seriously, but, like, I'm more <laughs> on the side of, like, I need to get my work done. Like, I need to keep doing it. But it's, like, I had to be, like, I had to be okay with people not being there. 
Right. So I'm on this tightrope where I, I totally feel you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I can tell I, you're that dude too. You want to get your shit done. Yeah. Um, and when I'm not, um, I really, I, I tend to get it to a pretty low place. Um, and I start to beat up on myself. Me too. Um, and that that stagnancy is honestly like my my biggest fear. Um, oh, dude, I, I, idle hands are my worst thing. If I, I can't keep that. my idle if I can't hand, keep yeah. my feet moving, then I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we talked about it before <coughs> the podcast, but it gets it gets to the point where you build yourself into this routine of constantly like moving and flying around to where you can't even vacation, you can't relax, you can't kick your feet up. No, and the rest is a curse. Like, it, do you think it's actually a good thing that we kind of had to like step back for a second, or has it been? I do, I do, because um, I think that I think that recharging is just as important. Oh, yeah. as, as the work, and I, I've I, it's taken me a long time to realize that. Um, I actually got really, uh, but back to I, I feel torn because, um, you know, my father's eighty-five years old. My mother's wow. seventy-five years. I, I don't like to talk about that. No, age, that's but, okay. That's that's we're, we're having a conversation. We're, we're gonna talk and, about yeah. we're gonna talk about your family and, life and kind um, of like your last year and your background too. So I mean, like, absolutely, man. Um, I'm an open book. But, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 I, I am one of those people that is kind of like I'd rather be. Uh, too safe then look back on this and be like damn I wish I, I wish I was a little more careful I know man I think I have a little bit of a Superman complex where I don't think anything can hurt me I understand but the man. one thing that like I think actually I, I did learn about myself in this process is I might be more empathetic than I thought I was because I I, I don't leave house, the house without a mask and uh, I've actually been really good about that my, awesome. my it's even in my own household my wife is very like she took this very 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 seriously and uh, she had basically locked me in the house. Like, I wanted to keep moving my feet. It's just, I don't know, man. I think as artists, like, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, do you think that you, this isn't on an output, but more on an, like, an intake stage. Were you listening to more music? Were you taking more stuff in? Or were you, like, listening to less? Because I've gotten differing opinions from this from different artists that I talk to. A lot less. So was I. I wasn't less. listening to anything. Um, unless it was like my comfort zone like to where like it was records that i loved already mm -hmm. i was not really that interested in anything anybody was putting out it's funny man and in, in general yeah. i think um i could only speak for myself but um if i want to kind of feel inspired yeah nine times out of ten i'm putting on a movie or uh because uh, uh, it's a slippery slope with music like i have a tendency where like a song can inspire me so much i start writing or i, I head into the studio and yeah. I'm, I'm trying to make a version of that of that song i live that life too dude you know what i mean we all steal in one way or another like we all do take from what we love absolutely but it's a matter of when you start to force it into a situation where like if you're in my situation like i gotta write a black key song or i gotta write like but the thing is though i mean we're gonna get into this most of my inspiration actually comes from hip-hop like i i i That's find awesome. so much my inspiration from and that I can, I can hear that I can hear that. I mean, it's just what I love, like, and uh, the rhyme schemes. Well, the and thing stuff is, for me, like, from from listening to your music and especially the new record, we're gonna get into fortune cookies throughout this. So, like, there's gonna be different sections where we're gonna talk about that specifically. But you stretch your legs so much on this to where I was listening to is Deep End, the song with mm -hmm. Asher Roth. Mm -hmm. You're singing on that. Yeah, man. And <laughs> I, if you asked me five years ago, um, I probably. I would have said you were crazy. Yo, and um, I mean, you, you know can I mean? see the growth yeah. over time. And I appreciate that, man. And I, um, first of all, I love that record. Uh, yeah. Fortune Cookie, I can't wait to break it down more. But it, it, it was a genuine thing where I felt um, nervous isn't the right word, but um, 
it felt like we were taking a risk. Yeah, know? but that's and, that's and, the and best that, shit though. Like that's, you know, a, that's how I felt. I wanted it to be that way. Yeah, but uh, it, it didn't come across as like I'm trying to do something that everybody else is doing. Because I feel like, especially in hip hop right now, I use the word like I feel like every genre of music goes through this at different periods of time. A lot of rap shit right now is is faceless. It's it's I could I can't pick these dudes out of a lineup sometimes because a lot of it is it's remanufactured. I feel like I've heard it's, it all before. It's ambiguous. Yeah, it's I, ambiguous. It's a good you. word for it. You. And uh, I mean, rock and roll's gone through it numerous times over because mm-hmm. it's an older mm-hmm. it's an older art form. Mm-hmm. Rap is now going through its point where it's become the top dog, and uh, now it's getting to the point where it's getting exploited to where everybody's starting to do the same thing because labels and stuff are starting to push it that way. But you, on the other hand, you zagged when everybody else zigged, and I love that. Thank you. Man. Yeah, no problem, um, dude. It's also like to your point. I think that. Which is, a, I think it's a great thing. Yeah. Um, but the barriers of entry have been reduced to the point where, you know, you can get a $100 focus, right? Yep. I could buy a beat from a producer on YouTube for 20, yeah. 25 bucks. Um, Just keep it moving. And I could put out a song on SoundCloud. So, like, I think that what we're, what we're going through right now, particularly in hip-hop, because it is such a, a giant genre right now uh, commercially it's number one right um i think that there is there's it's inevitable that there's going to be like a little bit of this quote-unquote oversaturation we talked um, about this on the podcast last week with it, w- it was just the band and we were talking about um like 80s rock and roll when it was like the hair metal like the motley Cruz and the guns and roses of the world and every band Every singer looked the same every song sounded the mm, same and then mm. all of a sudden nirvana came through and fucked mm. everything up and yeah, hip hop went has gone through that in different periods of time too, in a shorter span. Absolutely, like, you think about like, I don't know, like I feel like Diddy's been a part of three of these different things, but like at the same time, like two thousand five, two thousand six, Atlanta shit with like the crunk movement and stuff like that. Everybody wanted to do that, and then they snap back out of that, and, and until like the later two thousands when the Drakes and the Coles and the Wale's come through, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Things oh, go in cycles. Absolutely. I just think, too, like, I think the music industry is scared right now in a lot of perspectives. Mm-hmm. And when labels can control artists and they know it's a working formula, they're going to keep pushing it that way. When you were, because we're going to talk about your time with Ground Up as well. Mm-hmm. Did you, were you guys a major label sign, sign band? We never, uh, funny enough, man, we never signed to a major. We had a couple of independent yeah. labels. Um, and the experiences, quite frankly, weren't that great. Um, it never feels that good, does it? You no, think you no, think like we, you reach this milestone? Yeah, then. yeah, for real. And then six months after um, Ground Up parted ways, I signed to Warner Brothers. No shit. Yeah, and it was like this. It was a real mas- milestone achievement. Yeah. And then it turned into <laughs> uh, like a, a terrible experience you know what um, it is too because i don't even know why it feels so good but i feel like it's validation but from another perspective as an artist it's such a way because we live in this world where you constantly have to keep validating why you're doing what you're doing like you have to constantly keep being like oh we just did this absolutely to your friends who I, or, your or your family and shit like that yeah and yeah. you're like oh i signed a warrant you're like i got a year and a half maybe two years to at least say like yo i got my feet moving uh, absolutely yo, yeah it's a sad reality when i got it, past it, that point it's true like when I got past that point in my life where like I was like I, I can keep doing this myself like and I can own everything mm-hmm. and for like I think it's because we always have things moving nobody's ever like so what's Budney doing it's like it's like oh shit he's like working mm-hmm. but like the major label system's so funny because that is th- th- I feel like they almost kind of like prey on that and the fact that w- they know our insecurities and they're like look I can just give this guy a deal and he's gonna love it and 
Absolutely. Not to mention they know we're nine times out of ten we're pretty much broke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, they've got they've got us by the balls. And so, you know what's funny too? I, I'm like I'm talking about this and like watch we'll wind up signing a major label deal in six months, I'll go back and listen to this and be like, fuck you, get out. I got I mean, no fear though, dude. I really don't. You shouldn't, man. You guys have a sound that and here's the thing, man. I, that's not me saying I I don't think any any artist should sign to a major label. Yeah. My circumstance was really uh unique. Yeah. Like the president of the label that I sat in his office, it was incredible. Um like uh Neil Young just left like Oh, he, come on. He dude. dropped off like a painting or some shit. It's fucking incredible. It was it was surreal, bro. That and and then um yeah, like 6 months after I signed he left and went to Amazon Music, and now now you're I'm, high and dry. Now I'm playing for a coach that didn't recruit me. Like that's a <laughs> and, yo, that's a like, that's a really good analogy. The, that at, happened to at me. That <laughs> point, at that point, they were like, they were like, we don't even know why Dan like signed you, bro. Yeah, like, what, you know what I mean. They're not returning calls. They're sh- so it, it turned into like what I thought was gonna be like the answer to a lot of my prayers for yeah. lack of a better word and it it but it was a genuine learning experience like that that's it's all this ever is man yeah. and that turned into to the 52 weeks like that, that um so and that's a fucking uh, beautiful segue because like that's where like my first impression of you came so for those of you who aren't aware this man sitting across from me made a song and a video every week for a whole fucking year my man i just want to shake you your hand bro. on that fucking Thank you, because that's incredible. Because I we drop shit every you know three four months, and it feels like a mountain out of a molehill. And you're over here dropping fifty two tracks in a year. And first off, smart enough to see what's going on with Instagram. Smart enough to see. Oddly enough, I mean the the person who really came up off that formula kind of was tear whacking away because she did the, she did the fit or the one minute clips. Yeah, for her whole record. It's funny because we dropped we we did ours first. It, uh, it, uh, but but I mean I'm not saying no but I'm, I'm saying, not I'm not saying it's she, weird that the, the most it, it like, like the most resourceful motherfuckers who come up with this shit are from Philly like it does not I, surprise yeah, me I, absolutely I think we we have to do it in a different way man we don't have the spotlight on us and I love and that though me too me too and I wouldn't have it any other way um, but yeah to I mean to your point I think that uh, some of my biggest inspirations are you know. Guys like Matt Stone and Trey Parker, who, oh, who, yeah. who made South Park. Um, See, I want to know before we hop into Fifty Two Weeks. I'm oh, gonna yeah, sure, I'm gonna start sure, by sure. I'm gonna start by asking a couple of questions and just these sure, are yeah, like we'll elaborate on that later. Well, visually, who inspires you? Because yeah. you bring up Matt Stone and Trey Parker, because your yeah. your visuals are unique, your fucking clothing sense is unique, the shit you make is unique. Like I'm talking you, photographers. I'm talking you. You're a big movie guy. Like, what directors do you like? Like, like who inspires you visually? Because I don't know many artists who do better visually than you do. Oh, that means a lot, man. Because I lose sleep over it sometimes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't you know say I mean? it if I didn't mean it either. And that's what always stood out to you about me. Um, me about you. <laughs> thank you. No, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I. That's the one thing I think people, people kind of put down like sitting in front of the television and and watching and watching tv or movies but it's kind of depends on what it is that you're watching i've written songs off of movies bro. absolutely again i keep going back to it but the 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 films and the 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 tv shows like the sopranos or the wire Ah. um, like 
Classic HBO shit. Those those inspired a lot of lines in my songs. Yeah. And songs <laughs> in general are just like uh, made me want to work. Sopranos or Wire? Uh, which one's better? I I I just I just had a long talk about. I think I think it's the Wire, man. I think it's the Wire, and I love the Sopranos so much. It's just this really atypical approach that they took, where you know a lot of shows they have the the protagonist this really strong lead role. Yeah, and um, generally speaking his actions or reactions to whatever situation he's placed in reverberates to the characters that surround him. Yeah. And in The Wire, there is no real main character. No, not at all. And the main character is drugs, I feel like. Or, or, yeah, or the city of Baltimore yeah. or drugs. You could, yeah. Yeah, there's, like, there's like, like 10 different main characters these, in that show. These outside factors affect the characters that are in The Wire. It's this yeah. in- inverse thing. And I, I don't know. I just... I re- it was some nerdy shit. I, no, I re- yo, this I is really a place look. to be nerdy. This is like I love that. That's, that's me, man. We dig into shit. That's like to me, me I take the Sopranos because I just enjoyed watching that more. And also, I feel like it's I, one and two for me. I so grew up in a really Italian house, so oh, like I feel like it's like fucking like so it resonated with it you resonated with a, me. It, it was level. but like two like there had never been a character on TV like Tony. No. Tony. There'd never been a main character who's supposed to be this badass motherfucker, you know, mob capo, mob, mob boss, who also is seeing a therapist because he can't stop passing out. And to watch, I don't know that there's ever been, you know, they talk about The Wire, there's no one main protagonist. The whole show runs through Tony and his emotions and the way he deals with things. Mm-hmm. And the ancillary characters are awesome, but it's like mm-hmm. Tony Soprano is just like the greatest TV character of all time to me. So like, Absolutely. that's where I had to go with. I agree. I- Wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that there wouldn't be a Breaking Bad. No. Um, it, it was really the first like drama television show that that had an an anti-hero. He wasn't the best guy, and yet he had all these endearing qualities. And you, yeah, you, you love like you should. We all should have fucking hated Tony, right? But you loved him. You rooted for him, and you loved him. Yeah. Which is funny too, because like you talk about Breaking Bad, and uh, the one thing about the, about Breaking Bad, because it's like a perfect TV show. Like it's it great. got out at the right time. It's incredible. But you don't like anybody. You don't even like Walt. You you like Jesse sometimes. Right. No, that's a good point. But you fucking hate everybody. That's a good point. It's a dark show. What's the best TV? Like so, besides HBO, what's the best? television ever produced like I, I would say true detective season one was probably incredible it's so fucking incredible. good but i don't think mad men gets enough credit did you ever dive into oh, mad men incri- it's that's like top that was like top five for me bro yeah. i went back and watched that during quarantine and i i fucking just fell back in love john ham's incredible you talk about john, anti-hero like john ham is is next level just and, a piece I, of shit but he's also I, just the main and actually I, i've been watching handmaid's tale with, oh with my yeah, girl. yeah and it was actually elizabeth it, moss it, yeah and and uh peggy from yeah peggy from <laughs> um also house of cards man it's yo like, i'm watching it right now uh, and it's conflicting because of the kevin spacey mean? thing you know I mean? there's also it's, a lot of other really amazing actors and actresses on that show so right, i just try and write off right, kevin spacey for what he is right and it doesn't i mean it sucks i'm in the middle of season four i need to know how it ends bro i need to know we gotta we gotta talk after all right good you know what sucks fucking netflix has like the previews when you like scroll over something Mm -hmm. and it gives a little like peek 
and they spoiled something huge for me. Like, I kind of knew because they had to do it this way, but like, I didn't know that shit was gonna happen that way. And uh, yeah, so people know, bro, in front of me, don't spoil shit. You can't spoil it. All right, I'll break my heart. Here's a good question: (laughs) What's your dream collaboration? And this is a two-part question: Other rapper, and then what producer would you most likely want to work with? Great question. This is tough. It is. It is because I think about the rappers that I other rapper Jay Z. I like, mean, that's an obvious pick. It's it's a late. I don't want you to think it's lazy. Like it, I just I grew up um, thinking confidently that like Jay Z was my my greatest of all time. I mean, um, Jay. There's no. I don't think there's any saying as far as career wise goes that jay jay's the best jay's had the best career jay has what uh, 12 number one albums like you can't touch jay's career i we had a we had a long conversation on the podcast though about um about jay it's weird i don't ever look at jay-z for what's going on that's new like jay jay's a guy who's in his own lane Right. I look at Jay Z for just being the Jay Z best Jay Z possible. Like he's never gonna push the boundaries, but he's just gonna make you the best shit ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he might have peaked a long time ago, but the 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 I, longevity though, the man. idea that somebody could reinvent themselves in a way that doesn't feel like contrived or, no. or forced. I just bro, he I, he fake retired in two thousand three. Uh, it's fucking twenty twenty. Right, like. Right. This is, to me, like, I think Jay's a, a great answer. But the reason why this actually goes really well is because Jay's worked with all the best producers. Jay has mm-hmm. Jay has classics with everyone you could ever want to work with. Mm-hmm. So who, out of all the producers in the world, would you pick? This is an off-the-wall answer since I picked a lazy answer. Yeah, give me something crazy. I'm going with Quincy Jones. That's a, did you watch the documentary on Netflix? No. It's fucking amazing. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, uh, dude. Well, I mean... Well, St- Stevie Wonder is, like... Probably my favorite artist of all time. That's a great answer. Um, yeah, he's like, he's probably the greatest. I said Ray Charles is the most important American musician of I all time. That. I love that. But I think the greatest is is fucking Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder has been entertaining us for how I, since the sixties. I, I would argue too that Stevie Wonder has um, some of the most songs that people know all the words to. Yep, that they don't know it's Stevie Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's a good point. Like my my girl is a perfect example. Like we'll like signed, sealed, delivered. We'll be playing in a, in all of her favorite fucking movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and like, and I'll be like, do you know who this is? She'll be like, no, but I know all the words. So you know, you do that to your girl too, because I always I'll look at my my wife and I'll just be like, yeah, who is this? And she'll yeah. be like, you know, I don't fucking know who this is. <laughs> or I the I, movie or the music quiz. Is your girl as into music as you, or is she kind of no, no? No, so neither no. is my my wife's not at all. I think I personally, I I think it would um, it would be tough if, if, for me. I would could could you date yourself? Because I know I couldn't yeah, fucking no, date myself. That's, that, uh, that's a great way to put it. It no. would just be too much of a competition all the time. <laughs> yeah. Are you a competitive dude? Yeah, yeah. It's a complicated thing with me because I've noticed that as I've gotten older. Some of my, some of my need, like, particularly in the context of like sports, or yeah. Something, like, um, I had some bad injuries when I was younger, and, <laughs> I, and and like I felt like as I've gotten older, when I'm playing pickup ball or something like that, that need to win, yeah, has like 
dwindled a little bit. But artistically, do you find yourself Ar- art- as be- being arti- over? Like, yeah, yeah. Artistically is where where it all goes now. It's a good thing, though. Yeah, and um, it's actually something that I really miss about ground up. Yeah, um, having somebody else that I really respected in the room as well. Right. Um, like writing with me and feeling that like it was a really friendly and healthy competition, but me like. Malcolm didn't want to get outshined by me on the song. So you got to push harder. And vice versa. I feel that way about Erica all the time, which is so crazy because Erica is not that way at all. Erica is not like a, like I need to be the best kind of a person. Mm -hmm. Her being who she is as a vocalist, I constantly work harder on my vocals just because she's such a boss. Mm-hmm. And I write these parts, so I write all the lyrics. So right, like I'm right. writing this, and I'm like, I know right. she's gonna fucking slay that. So I yeah. I gotta come ten times hard on the other side of this. It's out of admiration. Absolutely. Like, well, yeah, it's for the greater good. Absolutely. I like what you said uh, on the last episode. Like, you realized at one point it wasn't the Colin show. Yeah, it's it's not and about that, me. That it's about big, what serves the group best. And that was a big moment for you. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've all had those moments. Right? Yeah, and I think I had that moment more times than I thought I would. Like, I need to constantly be reminded that, like, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. What's good for everybody mm-hmm. here is good for me. Mm-hmm. Like, and he, there's even times when, like, especially our drummer Jimmy really pushes me. Like, he, he fucking, I can be super excited about something, and he'll just look me dead in my eyes and be like, yeah, that sucks. And I have to take this moment where I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. But yeah. then I'm like, he's right. And all of our best moments have come after moments like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your relationship with your engineer? You keep talking about Beach. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's one of my best friends in the world, man. Um, I met him when we were in eighth grade. Those are the relationships and that you need in the music industry. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and to your point, he... he you know, he he's literally seen everything. Yeah. For better or worse. Sometimes some he's seen some dark shit. And yeah. he's seen he's he's been on stage with us at at the highest moments as well, you know what I mean? And I take a lot of pride in that as well. Like, um I think that a lot of people found uh even if I'm not necessarily still working with them, I think that uh, them working with us kind of introduced them to whatever their path in life right. is now. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not taking credit for people like take credit. For, no, no, take credit I where you deserve it, dude. I can't. I can't. But like, I really put them on blast and say, "I made you, motherfucker." <laughs> like, like, yeah. But there's some videographers and photographers I know that probably wouldn't be doing it right now if, it, if like <laughs> their first couple sh- sh- shoots weren't with us and stuff like that. So. What's the best show you ever played? Is there one that ever sticks out? Yeah, there's there's two actually, and uh, we we sold out the TLA when we were like first coming. That's up. a great fucking feeling. This was before like the Fillmore and even Union Transfer was around. Yeah, it was the venue, um, and it just yeah, it felt good to see sold out on the and we, like on we, that marquee was, too. Like was, that marquee's yeah, fucking legendary. It was our show. Yeah, it wasn't like we we we've, we've opened up for people that have sold out, but. It just felt like uh, the culmination of like so much hard work. I know and, that feeling, dude. Um, How about outside of Philly? Outside, get- I was gonna bring up the the other show that comes to mind is uh, it kind of reminded me of you talking about opening up for Bon Jovi, but we uh, we opened up for Big Sean right after. He, oh, that's fucking awesome! He put out like he put out Dark Sky Paradise. I love that record too. People was, hated that fucking. I know, record. I know. It's like a. a a polarizing I know album. he's a polarizing dude know, in general I know. I, but you, I, I've always had love for Sean I love I Big mean, Sean I like he 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 
really came up like in this time where I was really like plugged into the yeah. To the, to the well, game. I mean, let, let's talk about that too because yeah. all right. So I told you this before we started, but ground up. My first introduction to Ground Up was when I was working at a college radio station when I was at Westchester, and they brought up Ground Up as possibly one of the people that were going to play the show. And uh, I went in, looked up, and this is like the period of time. Like, so this is 2011, 2012. So this is this was a really fun time of rap, too. This is Big Sean. Wiz was coming mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was so much shit coming out of here, too. I'd say Chitty Bang and Cushion things like or- that. Cushion Orange. Cushion Orange juice, juice was such... Yo. So much fun, and that's like like finally famous three big Sean. Mm-hmm. Like that's like that's a fun time of music, dude. That yeah. was Mac and Mac Miller was just coming up. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Mac. Um, that's kids. Like that's like that's we, a soundtrack to my period of time in life. We played like three shows with Mac. And Did it, you? And it was like he was the sweetest dude, man. He he went out of his way to say what like I I wouldn't even consider that like we shook hands and met, but like just that's a, the idea that he came out and just said what's up to the openers was like a testament. Uh, I think, yeah, who he who he was. I mean, that's always like a big, a big one for me. Like Mac is a a true like I fucking like, especially later Mac. And I know it sucks so bad to say later Mac because no, it's a it's a it's a real fact that it happened. But he he really evolved. He evolved, yeah. man. Like more than most artists mm-hmm. will ever do in a lifetime. Mac took ten years and he gave us like thirteen records, yeah. but he just became yeah, a yeah. fucking musician, dude. Yeah, yeah, that one hit me hard, man. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. And I think, like, looking back at it, that whole period of time spawned so much, but it also, like, seems like this capsule in time, like, that just came and went. Like, it, it's so weird. Like, it was such a happier time. I don't know how else to put this. Like, there was just so much, like, growth, and, like, there was, I don't know. It seemed like people had more freedom to be themselves. Yeah, the country, the country was right. We, <laughs> we didn't have to worry about that side of it shit. Was it was a good time, man. I mean, we can like, always have that conversation if you want yeah, to, yeah, too. No, no, no. <laughs> Fucking. No, but that, too, though, it felt like a, a lighter time. It man. was a lighter. And that's yeah, what I keep yeah. saying, like, with this election coming up, like, I was, I just want to go back and feel. I don't know, like a sense of fucking joy of being alive. Like there is all like in the no, last man. four years, there's always no matter what amazing shit has gone on, there's always this like cloud that kind of hangs over shit, and we all know why. Well said. Well said. Well you know said. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. even in the best times of it, you're still like there's something that's not right here in the soul of the country. The soul of the country feels off, mm-hmm. and like I'm praying to God that when fucking things change. But back to ground up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. looking back at that now to where you are with fortune cookies. Do you feel more of a freedom to be yourself? Yeah, totally, man. I, I, it's palpable. Like, I can tell that when I listen to the shit and when I compare it to the ground up. And I love them both. But what I'm saying is, like, I can tell you are you when I'm listening to this. Yeah, I, and I wanted it to be that way. I wanted the listener to be able to feel like they they got to know some of my... Some of my dark, some of my demons too. Yeah, you know I mean, I that's important. It, I wanted it to be a, a vulnerable project and an honest project, but um, particularly because I have the opportunity now to to kind of just represent myself. Yeah, um, well, and you can craft, and you're an image crafter. You know what I mean? Like you are someone. We talked about you visually. Like you, you don't just do a project and put it out. You take your time, and you you take all the necessary steps to say like, this is going to be the best version of me. A lot of motherfuckers thank don't you, do that. Man. I mean, back to the visuals. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Stanley Kubrick. Oh, I mean, well, thank, you know I mean? fucking, I, yeah, you're picking great examples too. Like, I love your use of color. I love 
I love the way that you crafted the visuals around what you were trying to say on the record with Fortune Cookies. But more than anything, and this is something that I talk at the band a lot. This is going to sound really fucking weird. And if you get what I'm saying, you'll get what I'm saying. And if you don't, you don't. Your choice of the red and the, the, the hues of red that you used put me in a really good spot listening to the record. Like when you're making color palette choices and you're making choices on what you're wearing on your covers, are you, you're really trying to put the listener into your world, right? Absolutely, man. I, I mean, I think, I mean, granted we have, we, like I was lucky enough to work with some people and we had some options. Right. But contrasting colors yeah. and, and complementary colors are like, they're huge for me man I, I go out and i i look i take walks and yeah. i kind of like because if you look at your favorite nikes and stuff generally, yeah. generally speaking those colors are copied somewhere in from nature yep. you know what i mean and i think that like uh when it came generally speaking it might be like one piece or one thing that we can build uh around and for for the cover for the album yeah. cover in particular it was these traditional Chinese uh, Chinese dragon pants. Yeah, they were, uh, and they they fucking fit. Like, and I, I, I was really excited to talk to you more on the visuals than anything because I don't think you get to talk about that enough. Like, I feel I like, don't. and, and no, it's what you. it's what catches my eye as an onlooker. Like, go into because this story fucking blew my mind when like I kind of looked into what this is about. You found out that your your nationality was different than what you thought it was, right? I, I did yeah um i ended 2018 i got a call uh from from my mom at first and then and she was she told me that mind you i was adopted right so um i've known that since i was, since I was <laughs> that would have been a fucking yeah, crazy conversation yeah, yeah. i've known Yo, by the way you're adopted <laughs> i've known that since i was a kid but, did they always let you know that uh yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't remember the exact conversation, but um I would get I would get I would get it wasn't like I don't wanna sound like I was victimized or like but I would get teased sometimes yeah. about how I looked or like and I I remember noticing that I didn't really look like <laughs> my parents the way some of my friends look like their parents. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh so I think I yeah I, you always knew yeah it was, and then my mom eventually she told me and I don't know what my reaction was to be honest with you but I get a sense that it was it was like me and my mom are I, I don't even call her my adoptive no it's mom. your mom that's my mom yeah you know I mean that's my dad so um I'm sorry being a pa- yo being a parent seems like because I'm not I don't are you you're not a parent are you no 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 all right cool I'm yeah not, I didn't want to overstep my boundary there no, but no, like. No, no, no. It's more of an action than it is a, than it is a given title. Like you, you, oh, you yeah, just because you're well so, said. you know what I mean. Well like said. anybody, anybody can have a child. Not everybody can be a mother or a father. Exactly, you know I mean? but so, like, so what's the story? You so, found out you were Chinese. So, yeah. So sorry, that was my long-winded way. But, <laughs> no, know, that's cool. That's what this so spot's for. I get a, I get a call um, from my biological sister. My full, wow. Full blooded biological sister. Same mother. Same father. Um, that's got to be fucking wild, and it it was profound, man. It was surreal. Um, do you still do? You, do you guys have a like a relationship now? Oh, I talked to her before I came here. That's yeah, amazing, we, we have, dude. We have this incredible connection, man. She's this virtuoso writer. Like I take a lot of pride in my writing. She she's a published author. She, what? She was on like 
Oprah's favorite list this year for, um, uh, yeah, for uh, memoirs. Um, and her, she put out her debut memoir last year. I'm I'm a plug it just cause yeah there you go no plug it that's what this is for it's called Long Live the Tribe of the Fatherless Girls and wait it's are a, you serious I've heard of that yeah yeah it's a it, it's in Barnes and Nobles it's everywhere man I, how I, did you guys find each other apparently um, my biological father he passed away two uh, a few years ago yeah, yeah, when, yeah when he was on his uh you know on his deathbed I think. Uh, he basically told um, his brother, which is their uncle, to, that, that I I existed, and that Whoa. If, if they wanted to come come and find me, that they could they he would support like he would make sure that the lawyers who handled the adoption would make sure it happened. This is insane, dude. It, it's crazy, man. You should it's make crazy. an album about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that, man. dude. So. so yeah, so I, I talked to my sister, and we were just like, it's hard to catch up on 28 years. Yeah, so I mean, what's been going on in your life? Yeah, yeah, but it like it was it was cool, man. Just like little shit, like she was like, did you ever have an ingrown toenail? And I was like, yo, I had, I had three. And she was like, I had four. Like, it was like little shit like that, like that you, you kind of take for granted. Um, Do you, you see similarities between the two? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got to show you a picture, yeah, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, but yeah, that was the thing. I ch- I cheated like when I heard her name, I looked her up online because I heard she was an author too, and that was the mo- like I I cried, man. Like, yeah, I, I saw a picture of her and it's me with ha- long hair. That's you know fucking I mean? crazy. And I was like, I knew that was my sister when I saw it. You know what I mean? How much of you like? Because you said you were like twenty eight when you found this out. Like you like yeah. So yeah. like I'm twenty eight now, so I'm thinking to myself like. How odd is it to have this conception of like, or even if you didn't have a full conception of like what your background was, and you find out you got this whole other side of you you didn't even know existed. Like, did you feel a connection to that like right away? Yeah, I mean, it, you know what? I've, I've I've met a lot of adopted kids that um, struggle with their identity. Yeah, and 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 the lack of knowing knowing their real parents and stuff. Parents in particular really bothered them. Yeah. Um, for me, like the way I was brought up, I, I I was really lucky in a sense that like um, I I don't know I I just I, I never really craved like uh, meeting meeting my biological parents or something. But that being said, I did have a feeling that I had some siblings out there. And yeah, that always intrigued me. But when it came to like the ethnicity and stuff, I think that I was. It did bum me out a little bit that I didn't have this like civic pride that I saw a lot of my friends. Even if it was like one of my Italian friends, yeah, eating the seven fishes. Yo, and, and I, I was just like, gonna say, like, those, I take that shit for those, granted. Those little traditions like that, yeah, don't because it's a beautiful thing. Man. I grew up in my grandma's house, oh, you what to do. and she was no, 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 no. It's it's more like a, I really do have respect. It, it's I feel lucky because you hear there's a lot of people in this world who don't have the luxury through different circumstances of knowing exactly where their families come from. I'm lucky enough to know that I'm four things. I have four different people came from four different countries, met in America, and now I'm here. Mm-hmm. So I'm Italian, Hungarian, Polish, and Finnish. And I'm talking like 
immigrants came from these different parts of the country or from different parts of the world. Right. But I grew up in my grandmother whose families were all born in Italy in her house. So that's where I have that connection to it. Which is funny though, because I I still carry on all the Italian traditions. I got my I got my Dago train like chain on right now. You know what I'm saying? It. Like, but my wife will always bust my balls and just be like, "Dude, you're only a quarter Italian." I'm like, "No, but like, but that's how I grew up." You know what I mean? She's 100 percent Irish, so you she identify with. That's that. what I identify yeah. with. Yeah, it's just fun. Like, so when I, you found this out, were you in the process of making the record, and then everything changed, or did this inspire you to make the record that you made? I had made like two songs really that that would end up making the project, but there wasn't like any real direction or concept. Yeah. And this kind of felt like it was kind of meant to be. It's destiny, like, dude. And, and not to mention, I had so much to say about it. Too. Yeah. So I was like, why not make this album that kind of celebrates it? And, and, and one thing that I, I like this one underlying theme that I really wanted to get across was this idea of duality and that um you know two things can be true at the same time like uh yeah like you can be a baseball player and a great musician or, or, or a devoted musician we are we are multifaceted organisms like we we don't have to be one thing man absolutely and, and like absolutely. the whole the craziest fucking thing like i always wonder about and that's like in your situation like did you feel like when you found out more about yourself, did you feel anything inside you change or did you want to start to like embrace that or or did you, did you yeah, still feel like the yeah, same guy? Yeah, no, I mean, I felt like I didn't feel like a, a, a drastic change, but at the same time, like I, I wanted to embrace it. It was something that... Uh, you know, I celebrated my first Chinese New Year. This, See, that's this, fucking you know dope. I mean? And it was it, little things like that that I I think that they're important. I yeah. think that it's a beautiful thing to uh, to be able to kind of like have these little traditions. And it's not something that necessarily defines me, but it's a part of me. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, it shouldn't be something that. That's a beautiful thing, though, man. Yeah. Like, and and you know, to my parents' credit, like we didn't have like. You know, we didn't have civic pride, but we had our own traditions in our own way. And we, but like, it's it was cool to just definitively know this is who I am. Yeah, you know I mean? it kind of gives it this kind of cap on like maybe a question that you had had throughout your life, and you're like fucking like Absolutely. I figured this shit Absolutely. out. Yeah. So you make the record. Did you have an idea visually of what you wanted to portray while you were making it, or was the record done and you were like, okay, this is where I'm gonna shape my idea? No, actually, we did a lot of the visuals before the record was totally done. I fucking I picked that out because you had you had been kind of teasing what you were doing for a long time. Yeah, that and was kind of a problem. No, but that's fine though. I I do the same shit. But like, the thing I really enjoyed about watching this entire process was because I felt a connection to it because I feel like I go through the same thing as someone who like thinks visually. Mm -hmm. Like when when we're gonna put something out, I like to text the guys in the band or like friends of mine i swear to god i send this text message and i don't know if you can relate to this but i'll send the song and say i know this sounds weird but what color do you hear like what 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 would put you in this place the best that I you can that. and i remember like the first time asking my wife that and she's she just do you do you hear colors i, I don't know that i hear colors but like i can i can feel like if i'm listening to a song i'm like this is 
this is blue. Like, yeah, I, like nah, I, that's, that's the synesthesia yeah. type yeah. shit. But it's more like, I just know I want my listener to feel what I'm trying to portray. And I'm like, what's the best color to try and speak to this song? Mm-hmm. And uh, I always give Tyler, the creator, a lot of credit because I feel he's like so good when he it, put man. out Flower Boy and it's him and the bees and he's in this field with the sunset, mm-hmm. that record, uh, it's the number one record that when I think about, like, I think Kanye does a really good job with this too, but like, especially his early shit, like putting you in the world that the record lives in. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's and so talented with it. It's unbelievable. Because the it, early days it, with him... And it, the attention to detail, it's just like... I love Tyler because he's someone who grew past his limitations. Mm-hmm. Because those early days of, of the, the shock value shit, and he could have just... The whole Odd Future movement could have just been written off as like... Uh, uh, they're yeah, just no, the, those hear, wacky I hear, kids. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And then... Yeah, and he, now he's winning uh, Grammys. Grammys. He will and, win an yeah. Oscar at some point, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. But just to watch the way that motherfucker knows who he is, has always known who he is. And I think to me, like, that's the hardest thing that we as artists have to overcome. It's being able to showcase who we are more than anything, knowing who the fuck we are before it's too late. Like, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Because I would argue that Tyler didn't always know who he was. I agree, I mean? but he, he but, fought his way there. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Who I mean, else do you, like, kind of... Like, I mean, Pharrell is always somebody that people are going to look at and being like, he's always right. Like, I haven't always loved the way, like, as a kid, like, I was never attracted to the Neptune's, like, Star Trek vibe, like, visually, mm-hmm. but I always loved the sounds. I think as he's progressed, like, I've come to respect that more because it was so ahead of its time. But, like, I think, like, it always comes back to Kanye on this fucking podcast somehow. Like, Kanye was my biggest inspiration as a kid of, like, Every album was uh, its own universe, and that to me like inspired me so much. Man, I'm such a Kanye fan. All right, I, dude, I, thank I, I God. Like, I didn't know about your reaction if you were gonna be like, because because Kanye. because I've been really torn about. Um, me too. I'm, I'm like, you know, sometimes to a fault, I, I, I take politics a little too serious. That's okay. Sometimes, um, just so, means you care. Yeah, and it, quite frankly, like some of the things he's been saying and doing, it it hurts. Man. It does, man. Because I I like. I'm the biggest Kanye apologist and, Yo, and, me too. and defender in the world. Me and my mom laugh about it all the time. Dude, Bruce Bruce Warren from XPN will hit me up, right? And I'll I'll post something on the, the band's Instagram story and it'll just be like it'll be like a picture of or like a link to like an early Kanye track. I'll be like, Thank you so much, Kanye. And he'll just DM me and be like, Yo, fuck Kanye. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, I know, man. I know, I know, I know. It's the same thing we brought up earlier. It's can you separate an artist from his art? And I, I'm actually the kind of divorcing pre-life of Pablo Kanye and post-life of Pablo Kanye because they're just two different people in a way. I just, I more than anything at this point have to believe that there's something truly not right there. Like, yeah, I was just going to say, man, I just hope he's okay. Me too. Honestly, and like, I honest, like, I was just, it's so funny, man. I was just having this conversation and how much it bums me out, quite frankly. Yeah. But like, um, I, like, I think he announced some album that he was gonna put out a few weeks ago. Like God's I, Country. I honestly didn't even care. Neither did like, I. I. It wasn't. It's not something that's on my radar anymore. I and have like, a group chat that, with me and my. my that, that in and of itself is a bummer, man. Me I'm and my two lie. boys, like, Paul and Tom, we we have a group chat that's all just hip hop shit. And in our group chat, every time that Kanye's about to drop something, we're just like, "Yo, you think this is it? You think he's back? Like, you think this is like the I real know, Kanye back?" And every time it's we like, t- we take a listen and we're like, "Nope, yeah. not yet." 
but it's more like I don't have to politically agree with my artists. Like you can have a, a varying opinion to me, but like when you're being hurtful to people, especially right. your fans, right. right? Then I take because then it doesn't feel genuine anymore. It feels like you're just trying to raise shock value. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do that with certain things, go ahead. But if you're talking about people's, you know, fucking political beliefs or just their their lives, like then you're just fucking being a dickhead. And mm-hmm. I, I don't have anything yeah. else to say after that. But yeah. I mean, yeah, or or doing it for clicks, which that's is, what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know what's worse. You know Yo, what I, mean? I, like, I mean, this is the kill your internet podcast. Like we talk about this all the time, and kind of like the give and take of the internet. Like I, before I dive in that, are you a social media fan? Like, do you enjoy social media, or you do you use it for business purposes? I, I mean, I try to use it for business. I like to say that sometimes I use my phone, and sometimes it uses me. It uses all of us, yeah. bro. Um, and I can't like. Sometimes I catch myself I like I'll be unconscious, yeah, scrolling. And the I'll endless like, scroll is a real thing, I'll, man. Oh yeah, and they engineer it for us to be addicted to it. Like uh, everything a, is set up so that we just keep coming back. Not to mention the fact they have all of our data, so they know what we want to see regardless. Absolutely. But let I me mean, take let me take my tinfoil hat off before I get in my <laughs> before I get no, my conspiracy I, theories. I it, but I mean, it's tough, right? Because these things could be such a such an important tool. Yep. And um, they're not being used that way, and I'm guilty of it. Right, we're all guinea pigs. It. We're all but guinea pigs. Yeah, I mean, when when something when a when a product doesn't cost anything, you're the product. Exactly. You know I mean? Yo, that's a and really I mean, good point. So like, and I I understand all that. I still think it's like it's dope that like my dad's 85 years old. Yeah. And like he can like he can read like uh, a news article from some dude in India who's going through it like and like that that's how certain people use it bro we we and talk about this a lot like it, it's my gripe is not with the internet itself mm-hmm. it's about the current state of affairs that it's in right now agree, man. i think it's we talked about the soul of like america right and the fact that it just hasn't felt good recently and for whatever reason that is the divisiveness that you see online and if you put most people in a room who are having these arguments online they'd find some common ground or they'd Mm -hmm. at least talk it out Mm -hmm. but it's set up to be divisive it's set up to be a one-way street and i it sadly enough could be a very communal thing but it's not right now i've had some um especially with ground up like we would have some really heated things happening online and it would never happen in person. Do you know what I, I mean? Really, that's a coincidence. Like, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here being like, I'm a tough guy. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll beat you the fuck up. Yeah, it's not it at all. I just think that when when you're when you're looking at someone face to face, there's it's a different thing, man. There's compassion there, and there's like, or not, if nothing else, like uh, some kind of common ground. Like, yeah, and it's also when you when you look at online interaction, a lot of times there's no nuance. Like mm-hmm. when we're having a conversation, mm-hmm. you can see my face, and if I say something, you can tell I'm joking. Right. As opposed to online, it's words, it's 140 characters, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and and you're just gonna take it on face value and be like, get out, like you know what I mean? Like there's gonna Absolutely. be an argument. Absolutely. I which do. Is one, which is, by the way, which is one of the only things that like, there's a lot of things actually, but like, <laughs> not seeing this the mass culture right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. And it, like I'm all about it again because we gotta be safe and yep. look out for one another, but. It's hard for me not to see people smile. And I like, know, you know man. I mean? It's a bummer. You know what I mean? And like, 
That's the kind of we're shit. We're going to get back to normal, dude. We really yeah. are. Like, at the end of the day, like, this is a temporary thing, but we're just all being safe while we can. Um, I like that. I think, like, one of the, one of the other, like, big main questions I want to ask you is, like, when I listen to your music, I don't, and I, I feel like a lot of people say this just because it's a conversation point when they're talking to people and they can't label things perfectly, but I hear a lot of influence. I hear a lot of influence from a lot of different places. Who was the first artist when you were a kid who, like, who struck the chord? Who was like, who was like, oh my God, I want to do that? Or like, even if it's not one person, it's multiple people. But like, what was your path to like discovering music? So um, I was the only child. So like, uh, media publications were yeah. like, played a huge role. Like, The Source magazine was yeah, like dude. so big for me, man. Yeah. And I remember. I remember I like uh, it was a goal of mine to get uh, as many of the albums that they rated five mics as yeah. possible. Yeah, those were the classic albums. I wish you know the source mean? still meant what it used to mean. I dude. know, man. It's you know, what I mean, I'm I'm old school. Like and double XL yeah, and yeah, complex. Yeah, absolutely, and I, love I still it. check complex every day, but complex isn't like a. Yeah, I, but I used to, we. I mean, I know you remember complex magazine. Yeah, complex magazine. Holding it in your hand, like damn. But yeah, I mean, I remember like. Uh, for Christmas, like I had to get Equimini, I had to get yeah um, by Outkast, I had to get uh, Illmatic, I had to get uh, uh, that whole period. No, but that whole period of time, like that's ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. Like that's all, all that- those quote unquote classic albums. That was like what I. Uh, oh, most deaf black on both sides. Yo, that, that was- is that is a childhood album of mine. Like that was yeah. the my see my first discovery. Like what led me to because I always dabbled in rap but like in my house my dad was i brought this up in the last episode my dad was a blues musician but also like very much a classic rock guy and he respected rap but he didn't get it Mm -hmm. and in my house he was like nah none of that shit it's not he said it's art but it's not music if you want if you want to bring something into my house you have to explain to me why it should be here my dad cared very deeply about music so like if i brought him something he'd be like why do you like this i I love that looking back on it now like because I it's always been a thing for me like I don't care what everybody else is listening to Mm -hmm. I need to follow my own path like even when like when we were kids like people went through that emo phase or like whatever they had the pop punk music Mm -hmm. I skipped it and I went right into rap I dove in heavy I was the only kid who was in eighth grade with cream as the ringtone on their phone you know what I mean like so so you're talking like the source put you on to outcast you know th- that whole era is is unbelievable. Yeah, but even even like a little bit further back, Tribe Called Quest, uh, Midnight Marauders. Is was that your favorite Tribe album? Um, or Low End Theory? No, Low End Theory was. See, Midnight Marauders is my favorite. Yo, like I, I have this argument with with Ken, who's my bass player, all the time because he's a Midnight Marauders guy too. I I completely understand why people love the Low End Theory because it it's like the Sergeant Pepper's a rap. It's one of the most important records of all time. But so those are the to answer your question. Those are the ones that like introduced me to this art form, and it wasn't until I heard our guy Kanye, and it, Kanye know, changed my life, man. It, he really did, man, and particularly from from where I I grew up and what I saw, I I saw Kanye as somebody that like. This, you keep in mind, this is. This is G Unit. This is Fifty Cent. Get rich or die trying. Yep. I just got shot nine times. <laughs> and part of me is like, what if I if I wanted to do this, where do I where do I fit in? Yep. You know what I mean? Because I I'm not gonna talk about things that I don't know anything about. 
You can't be coming out of New Hope talking about you got shot nine times, bro. It don't I happen can't. like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and Kanye, Kanye was wearing a polo shirt, um, talking about social issues, generally speaking, or just things that he was seeing. Bro, uh, this is like the perfect example of what I'm talking about here. To where people we talk, people talk a lot about representation. Like it's a very like uh, a a word that gets thrown around a that's lot a today. Big part of my album, representation and. and I, I Kanye's black, I'm white. But right. in a weird way, everybody saw a bit of themselves in Kanye at that point. Because he was one, the underdog, and two, he was out here saying, like, yo, this is what I am. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 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 wearing tight jeans and a fucking backpack. Literally says that in like half his songs. But like yeah. that no, to me was like no. at a time when no one was, No one was doing that. Yeah. And it was inspiring on a lot of different levels, man. I, I, I don't know what it was, man, but th- that was the first record I bought with my own money. Like uh, It was 2004, I uh, walked to Pat's Music, and I bought The College Dropout awesome. and Bruce Springsteen's Greatest Hits. And That's ever awesome. since then, Kanye, like, which once again leads me back to why it hurts so bad to have to like explain. I feel like, but like, there's a... Listen, man, I think the history books are going to be really kind to Kanye West, just as far as his musical contributions are just... No one, no one will ever tell me anything. Fashion, art. Yeah, it's just... There's no artist. Like, when you think about these movies that are coming out now, like uh, like Ray, like Rocket Man, like Bohemian Rhapsody, there is no artist in the past 20 years who deserves to have one of those more than Kanye. Because when you think about, like, the movie Ray, and, and like, we're bringing it back to movies, but, like, there's, like, stages in these people's lives, and everything has a different energy around it, mm-hmm. and, like, there's, like, ups and downs and ups and downs. And... And I'm not even talking about like current Kanye, because this is a whole nother ball ballpark. But like, mm-hmm. even when you're talking about from album to album, like he goes and does uh, fucking graduation, and then does my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. But uh. between then, he does 808s and heartbreaks, and like just those three albums alone, you have this energy of like stadium status. Then down to like basically like electronic blues R&B songs that are just depressed to yeah, the greatest yeah. album of the past 20 years, which and, is Dark Twisted Fantasy. And visually and the marketing. And it's like, it was all different, a whole different journey every time. And it was, yeah, it's just really inspiring. And that, I'm going to piss you off here. That attention to detail. I'm going to piss you off here. When I see what you are trying to connect the dots on, that's what it reminds me of. Stop it. I swear to God, Thank this is what I said. Like, I knew this is not going to be like, this is something, but like, when I see you putting the effort into the way that you market yourself and the way that you relate your music back to the art, that's where I draw the comparison. So take that as you will, but like, just know from an onlooker's point of view, like, that's what I see. That means a lot to me, man. I wouldn't again, say it, but I mean again, it. Again, man, the, the visuals are like, it's always been important for me, but I guess I'm lucky because I feel like it, it seems like music is becoming less and less of an uh, important factor. Like <laughs> yeah. The way you package it is becoming... And we're all um, becoming businessmen one way or another. Right. We have to. Right. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily my approach. I'm just saying that it feels like that um, as a whole. Uh, I think what, what might pop for a certain amount of time might be that what's going on now. But... The way you do it are things that will be remembered. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope so. If you think, I if I, if you pulled up like the top ten rappers or just top ten artists in general from like 2013, this is seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I bet you four of them still are relevant. Like, 
there's people that are always going to pop and then come and go. Yeah. But like when there's real artists who put the time and effort into creating everything around it, that's when you can make something really special. And I want you to know, like from my perspective, like that's what I see in you. Like, and I, I want you to know that. Thank you, man. And and likewise, bro. Even even the new stuff you guys have been doing, it's just thoughtful. And I I hope that thoughtful is a word that I use a lot because I think that uh, so much of the stuff that we're consuming right now isn't that. It's thoughtless. Yeah, yeah it's mindless. Uh, it's faceless. It's it's when we when we put out zeros, right? It was a conversation to where I was saying that there's this intro track on the record that's 35 seconds long, and it's a it's a something I produced and put together that it's basically what the inside of my head is supposed to sound like when it comes to internet interaction. It's a that. it's street traffic. It's a heart monitor. It's the internet noises. It's all this convoluted mm-hmm. together, and it goes mm-hmm. to a flat line. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the record feels very spacious and lonely. And to me, like I wanted there to be this this uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? This uh, juxtaposition between what the internet is or what it sounds like, as opposed to what the interaction online really is. And it's very lonely, and that's why I feel like there's so much in the world right now that you see so many of these kids specifically who just are looking for something. They want attention. They want. They don't want to feel as lonely, but they're going to this place where. They're just getting marginalized more and more. And that I put when you look at the artwork for the record, it's a complete catch twenty two. Yeah, I love. It's very open and spacious, and it's it's. I wanted you to feel that. So like when I say Mm -hmm. like you hear those opening chords of the first song on the record, it's called "Tell It to the Internet." It's it feels like you're in a vacuum and you're just out in space. So I needed there to be that represented visually. So when you listen to it, you know what world you're in. So I love that. I love that because. Man, I pray for these kids. That, Me too, that, man. That, um, I sound like an old head, but I pray, we, I pray for kids that grew up stri- all, all the whole time on the internet. Dude, we um, we got to live the best of both worlds, right? We got to live yeah. pre-internet, yeah. and then when we got to have an age where it started to pop, we were like, we got to experience childhood. Could you imagine seeing this shit online today? And it's why, like, I think it's partially good you see so many kids, like, I'm talking like 12, 13-year-old kids online who have political opinions. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't have a fully th- formed opinion on something that's, like, policy in the in the White House when, like, you're 12. I don't know. Like, no, no, no. I do think Gen, Gen Z or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, I think we got some badass kids. Oh, know? no they're doubt, gonna, dude. No doubt. They do some some cool things. But, but they, that, with that being said, like... They're I, fucking fearless. Like, uh, I, I, I was talking to my friend the other day, and, um, you know, personally, I've had I've had to realize that uh, I, need, I need to be careful around, about certain things yeah. um, when it comes to habitual use yeah, uh, yeah, yeah whether it's drugs whether it's gambling yeah whether you know i i i have to be vigilant this man. is the age where we find out these kind of things you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah <laughs> absolutely man i gotta be careful because i've noticed that for some people it's it's really easy to say goodbye to some of these things and yeah for me it's it's not sometimes yeah but that's you but you're and, learning that shit you know what i mean right, like that's right, right. self-awareness but, but i feel i feel myself um Again, like getting sucked into this wormhole with this tele with this phone. Yeah, and like I've read, I've read that they have studies that like um, the same chemicals that like happen when you're gambling 
when you're drinking. Oh, it's the endorphins, man. They just launch out. When you're drinking alcohol, which I don't do, but, um, you know, usually these things are regulated by age, but we're handing, like, eight-year-olds cell phone Dude, and it's like my 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 I my older sister it's scary man we don't we don't know any, what we're what it's doing my older sister has two kids that are under the age of 10 mm-hmm. and to see them like use my sister's phone freaks me the fuck out I, it's right. not a it's right. you know I don't have kids so it's none of my business but like I'm just saying like I am just I've seen what it's done to our generation and we've had the the luxury of time and experience of not like we've gotten to grown into it. Mm-hmm. These kids out the womb are getting handed iPhones. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> my fault. No, I, that's I, me. I'll try that. Um, I think I think one day I think one day we might look at it kind of like uh, treat treat social media like like cigarettes. Yeah. Like, like damn, I can't believe the. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 my darkest thought is that this is the slippery slope to the beginning of the end. I, 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 I hear that. I think it's got to get scaled back at some point. But I mean, fact matters. We're not going to know until there's more time. But, mm-hmm. dude, mm-hmm. this has been an absolute pleasure. Like, I, I really, I've enjoyed this a lot. And like, you're someone I've really wanted to get to talk to for a while now. Likewise, man. The t- time's flying, flying by. Yeah. How long do so, you think this has been? Forty-five minutes. It's been an hour. Yeah. Like an hour, an hour, hour fifteen. Yeah. So, um, dude, we're gonna wrap this up. It's been an absolute pleasure. Promise me you'll come back for a round two. Please, man. Yo, Please, for man. real. I'm dead serious. So Say next time you're word. gonna put something out, you let me know. Let's we'll have get you back on. Some Philly sports next. Time. Yo, absolutely. That we did not even touch that. I know. But we got so much music stuff to talk about. It's so. because the beginning of this podcast is gonna be. Me and Ken are recording it later, and it's just gonna. It's funny you'll be able to listen to the end of this podcast and <laughs> compare it back. The beginning's just got to be about about the Sixers just breaking my heart. I, oh man, Brett and rest in peace to Brett Brown. Not rest in peace, but yeah, like, no man. I, I I got respect for Bull. I, I love, love Brett Brown. I love Brett. Um, I don't think he was a big ex. No, and I don't think uh, he was a big accountability guy either. I mean, you watch Brad, Brad Stevens. He, he yeah. that guy is a tactician. Do you, what do you think about Jay Wright? I would love to. I would love to have him. Um, I would at least feel confident. Me you too. know what he, I mean? He's. I mean, he's like George Clooney out there. Yo, <laughs> too fresh. I mean? Yeah, and I. You see what he does with 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 like four guard like. Little, Yo, little, seriously. Little lineups. So. The thing that bothers me though, if we did go with Jay Wright, we'd have to restructure this. This team, like we, know, you can't have these bigs like this because and, he's and, a sh- the, and the problem is, good luck restructuring this team, bro. We, you know, man, this was such a happy conversation. We ended this on such a fucking sour note. Yo, for real, Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll have you back on soon, my man. Please say the word, man. No problem. Thanks for having my me. man.